Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect. A podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy! Hello, this is Mia Alexander of One Hope Church bringing you the podcast for today. It is quite an appropriate topic for today, being Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. As the leader of the nonviolent civil rights movement of the 1950s and 1960s, Martin Luther King Jr. spanned the country in his quest for freedom. His involvement in the movement began during the bus boycotts of 1955 and was ended, unfortunately, by an assassin's bullet in 1968. When I think of freedom, there are a few images that come to mind, like the dove. It's a symbol of peace and freedom or the Statue of Liberty, a universal symbol of freedom and democracy, or the open road, symbolizing the freedom of travel and explore without boundaries, or the open hand, often used as a symbol of liberation and freedom from oppression. I always think of the actor Dishman Honsao, I think I said that right, from the movie Amistad, where he's standing there with his wrists chained together saying, Give us free. What is true freedom? Where can we find it? On an individual level, freedom comes in many forms throughout the different stages in our lives. As a toddler, we wanted our freedom to run anywhere, anytime, in whatever we were wearing. As teenagers, we wanted our freedom to say, do, drink, eat, think, wear whatever we wanted. We couldn't wait to be 18 and then 21. Couples seek freedom in a marriage. The perception of true freedom is different for everyone. The only time you can come together, I believe, and be on the same page about freedom is as followers of Jesus Christ who stay in the Word. And the Bible reading for today is taken from the book of John, chapter 8, verses 30 to 36. It says, Then many who heard him say these things believed in him. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. This is a passage in the Bible where Jesus explains that freedom comes from knowing and living out his words. Jesus tells his Jewish hearers that they are slaves to sin. He warns them that the slave does not remain in the house forever, But the Son does remain forever. And Jesus encourages his followers to attend his teaching, study the word, rely on his promises, and obey his commands. Now we all like freedom. As a young person, we desire and want to work hard for a great life that comes with the freedoms in adulthood. We associate wealth with freedom. Countries desire the freedom to govern itself. But what constitutes freedom? I'm afraid in this self-indulgent age, people have confused personal wants 
with freedom. Jesus resets our understanding of freedom through his words in the reading for today. Jesus states that freedom comes by knowing and living out his words. Life and true freedom are found in Jesus Christ and his words. On the flip side, if freedom is lost, then the slavery is adopted, the more we allow our lives to be less and less impacted by the words of Jesus. We mustn't confuse the work of the gospel with its effects. Many Christians move their faithfulness from Jesus' words to what they think are positive effects of the gospel. In this reading, John provides unique insights not only on what we should be seeking, but on how we are wrongly, but how we wrongly think about freedom and slavery. With saving faith, this is the one of this is the greatest life-changing miracle that takes place with the change of the heart and faith. Belief in Jesus is more important than anything else in life. Let's not make the mistake of making our faith secondary or unimportant life decision. John says in chapter 20, verse 31, in defining the purpose of John's gospel, but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. In John chapter 8, verse 31 to 32, Jesus describes three results when securing spiritual freedom by faith in Christ. <clears throat> the three facets work intricately together and appear to happen at the same time. Continue in my word, know the truth, and the truth sets one free. Knowing the truth is like opening the a blind man's eyes, enabling him to see so many things he couldn't see before. The giving of sight, the one-time experience, brings a believer into a whole new world of multiple experiences. The result of knowing the truth enables a believer to acquire and access that truth regularly and to see God see things as God's would have you see them. One of the greatest follies would be to gain that eyesight, then keep your eyes closed. And so one of the greatest mistakes a believer can make is to think that the initial know the truth being saved is the sum total of being a Christian. A challenge um, for Christians, I believe, is to see that the, the, the greatest is yet to come for us. The growth of a, believer, of a believer is not counted in how much he gives or comes to church, but in abiding in Jesus' word and letting, letting it direct their paths. Jesus essentially says that he has come into the world to set us free from all the sin patterns and that have frustrated and troubled our lives. The more we do, the more we go against the words of Christ, the more our lives become gnarled and twisted. But as we abide in his word, we reverse that cycle. He leads us into the truth, which escorts us into freedom. Someone once asked, Is there sufficient evidence to convict you of being a follower of Christ? In John chapter 8, verse 33 to 36, it says, They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never yet 
been enslaved by anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The most significant and telling teaching here is Jesus' definition of slavery. Everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. This problem explains both global problems um, as well as the social and individual problems of society. Sin. Sin here means miss the mark or wander from God's divine law. Jesus used it in a very decisive way. Starting in verse 21. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Jesus states that life begins with his words. Without them, without belief in Jesus' work on the cross and resurrection, you will die in your sins and suffer the consequences of eternal damnation. Pastor Peter mentioned this past Sunday from the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 15, where it says, Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Well, of course not. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> when we were under the law, sin was our master. The law does not justify us or help us overcome sin. But now that we are bound to Christ, he is our master, and he gives us power to do good rather than evil. Jesus tells us straight up that if mankind does not deal with the root problem of sin, they will miss the point. Though people might make you feel backward or inferior, bringing down and mocking the importance of Christ, don't be intimidated and don't or misinterpret the problem. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sin betrays our heart problems and our resistance against God. So I got a, a few questions. Can we conclude there is no freedom outside of Christ? Can we equally agree that all the world's systems, no matter how prominent or esteemed, are failed systems? Can we lastly openly admit Jesus' way is the only way to find freedom? Freedom describes a person in light of God's unique and special design without all the cramping and depressive effects of sin on one's life. Positively, it's who one is. It helps if we think about God's purposes and plans for our lives. Do you sense the freedom here? John Scott Stott, an English priest and theologian, <clears throat> rightly stated, and I'm paraphrasing, that most people think about freedom in terms of what they escape rather than what they are freed to do. Both are important, but most believers end up thinking only of the first. It's when we start seriously considering where God is leading us that the excitement of life begins. Let us pray. Gracious Jesus, thank you for the freedom we have in you. You paid the highest price for our freedom from sin and death. You invite us to live in your grace and truth. Help us to honor you 
with our lives and to share your freedom with others. We believe, we struggle to believe this incomprehensibly good news. Help us to respond to your freeing grace with gratitude that invites our family, friends, neighbors, and even enemies into this glorious freedom. Jesus, thank you for the freedom we have in you. We praise you for your faithfulness, your kindness, and your love. In your freeing name, amen.